Welcome to the Nottingham Business School Business Leaders Podcast, where business leaders tell their stories and share their insights. All our guests have a personal connection with Nottingham Business School. So listen, learn, enjoy and share. Selassie Bormita first hit the headlines more than six years ago when he charmed millions of us, yes, me included, with his appearance on TV's The Great British Bake Off. At the time, he was a corporate banker, but he had honed his amateur baking skills while studying for an economics and financial services degree here at Nottingham Trent, where his fairy cakes and homemade pizzas made him very popular with fellow students. Straight after Bake Off, Selassie went back into banking. However, now he is a high-profile, professional baker, working with food producers, restaurants, retailers, charities, and, of course, other bakers. His recipes and his tips are hugely popular. Selassie Bomita, welcome to the Nottingham Business School Business Leaders Podcast. Thank you for having me, Mike. So, you're obviously a a great inspiration to, to many people, um, and not just bakers. I, I recently spent an hour or so on your Insta- Instagram account. There's a lot of lot of love for you and your recipes out there. So when did you realise you had such a, a potent ability to connect with people? Um, I, I, you know, I think from a from a young age, it's, I, I don't know if it's, I'm kind of going to credit credit this to my Ghanaian upbringing or background, but I think um, Ghanaians are naturally friendly Um we love a social event, so I think from from a young age, I was I was able to interact easily with uh, family members, um, elder siblings, and there's a there's a very respectable sort of nature of way in Ghana where you you talk to your elders with you know you you kind of respect what they say and you admire them, and I think that kind of helped me build I guess my social skills around just everyone else. And my dad was a was a very easygoing, happy guy, and he would literally laugh and joke about everything uh, with anyone and everyone. So that that kind of helped me um, growing up. Uh, that's that's interesting, actually, because obviously you've been very very successful in recent years. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of great great profiles out there on yeah. the internet about you, um, and the majority of them. Um, Mention your effortless charm and winning smile, and that's a direct. <laughs> that's a direct quote. I mean, my, my question is, how far does politeness and positive attitude get you in business? Um, I think, I think in in business these days, anyway, is it's it's very much needed. You know, you go into organisations and they're basically advocating for you know mental health, um, mental health, mental well being, and having a positive mental attitude, etc. Um, a lot, a lot of the time, historically, you know especially in the kitchen, professional kitchens, right? Chefs would just scream at people, you yes. know, um, throw things at people. You can't do that these days. And from my experience working under my managers and my mentors, you know, I put in 110% for those managers that have been, that have treated me well and have been nicer to me and actually had an, an open lens to see, to understand if I had a problem you know, what the problem was and were forthcoming with helping me and understanding and guiding me in completing a task than someone that was not polite to me, was rude, shouting at me. You know, you get a bit rebellious with leaders that are, I guess, not so compassionate towards the employees uh, than, you know, leaders that are, you know, compassionate and loving and understanding and caring. And, you know, there's also a fine line where there is a, there's a term, I don't know if you've heard of it, snowflake culture. Um, it's not necessarily 
what I'm arguing is more the fact that you just need to understand everyone has way of dealing with issues or work with tasks with um, basically their day to day life. So you just need to understand where they're coming from and just sure, yeah provide sure. that. Back to Bake Off. Yeah, you said that before Bake Off, you baked a lot at work and for charity. Um, you said that people told you you were good, but you couldn't quite tell. What made you? What made you apply to the show? Um, oh, this was a tough one. So I've always been a I've always been a fan of the show um, since it started in I don't remember when when Ed Kimber won the first series. Um, and I've always been into so I've always done charity work and giving back. So we've always done fundraising in the office. And for me, one of the things that I used to do was, or to practice my skills, was to participate in those um, fundraiser bakes. Um, so I always bring something new and different. And then by obviously raising funds for charity, I'm also learning a new skill in a baking discipline. Sure. And I got lots of feedback from different people to say, oh, you should go on the Bake Off. And I would always, because you always have this, I don't know what some people would, and you always have this confidence issue. It's like, nah, I don't think I'm good enough. Cause you've, you've got a confidence issue? I'd, I'd well, never, uh, I hadn't noticed that. At the time, at the time, <laughs> at, at the, the time. time. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> when you're in the office, right, and you're you're giving people cakes, you kind of feel they have to say it's nice, <laughs> right? Yes. You know, they'll take a bite, say, oh, that's lovely, and then they walk away. You don't know what they do with the rest of the cake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the cake goes in the bin, is that yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. So you, you kind of take it with a pinch of salt, I guess. Um, and I think... From conversation with, you know, so many people, I was like, okay, I think it's time, let's do it. And I kind of wanted to challenge myself a bit because I didn't okay. want to be the guy that's always making the cakes and everyone's telling me he's good. And I was like, this is, I guess, a public platform where you're getting feedback. I wouldn't say judged or criticized. You're getting feedback from professionals, the likes of um, Paul and Mary and, you know, fellow bakers who are, also really good because you know they they sift through thousands and thousands of applicants and they only pick 12. And so did you have to go through a procedure before you got Yeah, you go 12? through um I think it was a three-stage audition process. So okay. I think in my year I can't remember maybe about 20,000 or so applicants mm -hmm. and they basically sift through all of that um to pick a final 12 to go in the 10. So in a way you kind of when you're making the final 12 you're like okay that's not too bad. So I must have done something right to get to this stage but then when you get on that's when the real competition is and that's where the real competition is. Okay, so you got to the, you got on there, you got to the real competition and you did very well. Um, yeah, I did okay. Yeah. 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 And so um I as I say I've done lots of these podcasts with very successful people and um they say that one of the most important things for their success is knowing themselves, yes. their strengths, their weaknesses. What did Bake Off, while you were on there, yeah. teach you about yourself? Um, you know, so I've, 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 I've been lucky enough to work in organizations where a lot of the skills that I've learned are transferable. Um, so I think one thing that banking has taught me and one of the reasons why I really enjoyed baking as well in, you know, banking is very high pressure, it's very stressful. And I used to go home and just relax and go in my zone in the kitchen and bake and just forget about, you know, whatever day I had with a client or with a colleague. And it, it was quite nice. So I think one of the things that I, I used or I learned throughout the whole experience in Bake Off was um, being able to basically cope under pressure and not be as reactive um, to an 
to a problem, you know. So take a seat back, even if it means you walk away, uh, reflect on it and come back. And one of the tricks that I think one of my managers um, used to tell me is if you receive an email, let's say from a client or from a colleague and you didn't like the sound of it, rather than, you know, quickly responding to it. Take a breath. Yeah, take a breath or respond to it. Do not send it. Do not even put the recipient in their address, you know, um, in the address field, saving drafts, log off, walk away, come back, read it over again and actually, and, you know, reflect on the tone of that. Okay. But Bake Off always strikes us. Yeah. The viewer has been very reactive. You know, you get Paul telling you exactly what he thinks in front of the camera. Not always putting his hand out to be shook. Yeah, 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 I know. So yeah, how, so he, he how could you take a breath there? Um, I, I think I've, I've also I think by doing that you you get you learn to block a lot of outside noise, external noise. So you know, Paul coming, Paul walking behind you, giving you dirty looks, and almost making you doubt yourself. I don't think worked what didn't work on me because I, I I knew what I was good at in in any baking challenge. So. And I have always had this mentality, you know, control what is within your abilities, right? And anything else, you can learn it. So I think one of the biggest challenges in, in the tent was the weather. You cannot control the weather, right? So it was a bit hot in there, wasn't it? Yeah, hot or cold. Bread week, when you needed the tent to be warm, it was very cold. You cannot control that. You're provided with proven draw. So you kind of learn around that and how to manage your environment and make things work to your advantage um, and then you learn from it going forward and that's and that was that was the approach that I took every single week and that really helped okay but it got a bit hot in, hot in there at one point I, I, I read it I'm sorry but yeah, I read that yeah, fantastic yeah. interview <laughs> with you where you said I know that when when you film over a period of days, you have to wear the same the same gear for for reasons of continuity. Yeah, and I read a great interview in which he said one of the one of the bins of your life was getting back to your hotel room of an evening and having to wash your shirt in the wash shirt in the sink and then dry it in time for the next morning because hey, you know you didn't want to get too sweaty in there. Yeah, I mean it, it used to get really hot, uh, believe it or not. And I think I'm I'm an economist, right? And sometimes, well, I think I'm I like to think I'm a bit with money as well so <laughs> a lot of the contestants would buy two of the same outfits to oh. get you know and then change the next money but I was like I'm not buying two tops you know because I, I don't need it um so what I would then do is um get back to the hotel wash it with um hotel shampoo or soap or whatever <laughs> in the sink dry on the radiator hoping that the next morning it will be dry. The next morning it was still a bit damp, but then you just quickly iron it because I went to boarding school in Ghana. Uh So I kind of know these things. You learn these things and how to get around all these sort of little problems. And and that really helped. And I did this more the next day. So, I mean, yeah, Mel and Sue were around me. So it was clearly... um, It clearly worked. Yeah, it clearly worked. (laughs) So, so, okay. So that was was baking. Corporate banking was your career. You've, you've moved more towards baking now. Yeah. Is there a sense of is there a sense that you're you're following you're chasing a dream you're following a dream something you've always wanted to do? Um, it it's it's always played on the back of my mind. So when I, when I was growing up in Ghana, when I was growing up in Ghana, I've always been into food and cooking. Um, so it was always my uncles and my aunties saying, "Oh, you should open a restaurant." So it's always been on the back of my mind to 
to be in the culinary field, right? So cooking, um, but baking actually was n- not in, on my radar. It was not my radar at all up until I came to uni here. Um, and one of the things that we used to do in the uni halls of residence was bake loads, um, you know, your student, your skint, um, et cetera. <laughs> um, and I think that's when the love for baking came in. So the dream of baking was quite late, later stage in my life, but the dream of, owning a place or, you know, cooking or being in the kitchen was always something that I grew up admiring and loving. But it's quite a pivot, isn't it? Yeah. Banking to baking. Is that... Yeah. What was the decision-making involved in that? Yeah, well, well, there is. um, And I think one of the big decision-makers before I even went into baking and banking, um, before I even came to Nottingham Trent University, um, I remember... um, I had I had a choice to pick economics and business uh, for college or going to culinary school. And that was in West London. And I literally sat there for hours looking at both sort of um, pamphlets from each college and sort of debating which one is good for me. And in the end, I went towards the business and economics route. And that's what brought me to Trent University. Right. So so that decision making was, it was, I took it quite serious at the time. And then you kind of, it kind of was always there because when I was in banking, I was always baking, you know. So it was always, it was always there and eventually, you know, ended up on Bake Off and yeah, I guess the rest is history. So in a way, you actually had your cake and were able to eat it because you did both. Exactly, exactly. And and it was great. And and I, I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy, I've had um, an amazing time since Bake Off and I continue to do and I love what I'm doing now and it's, it's all, fun, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. It is fantastic, isn't it? Now, I um, I saw some pictures of you fairly recently talking to Prince Charles. Oh, and yeah. He was preparing for a, a trip to West Africa. I don't know whether he actually went to Ghana, but he was he was going to West Africa. Yeah, yeah, he did go to Ghana. So what what he did? Um, I got the letter in the post. I was like, is this one of those spam <laughs> spam posts that you get? And then I had to call the person, and they confirmed that it was it was um, legit. So I was like, oh, okay, this is this. So, is so nice. how do you prepare for that? Prince Charles wants to pick your, uh, pick your brain for for because he's off to Ghana. Um. To be fair, I don't think I prepared much for it. So I was actually quite excited, but I was like, why me? You know, you kind of think, you know, there's so many people out there that they could have invited. But then I realized that, you know, it's it's a privilege to be invited there to to showcase or talk about your country or my country proudly and promote sort of the cultural um, aspects of it and how good Ghana is. And it was fun talking to him and uh, Camilla. And yeah, and they enjoyed it. They enjoyed the trip. We didn't get... Updates, but I think they did. Yeah, <laughs> so, think. so, but you you were obviously born in Ghana. Yes, that's, you, that's, your, that's your history, your heritage is there. Yeah. How important has that been to your success? Um, it, it's been great. So I've I've always said um, Ghana is very entrepreneurial. Um, everywhere you go, everyone is has a business or starting a business. And as much as they are, or as much as we are quite chilled and laid back, there's always that drive. Um, to succeed and to do well and to always find um, something to give back to, I guess, the community or, this, you know, to the world. And and I think that's, for me, it is baking. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's... Um, uh, it, it, that entrepreneurial streak, which yeah. is which, which is which is in you, you think you think it, it, that's where it came from? Yeah, I think that's where it came from. I've got... Um, I've got family members that I've I've learned from and I've seen grow up and build successful businesses and 
businesses that are still going on, um, still successful to this day, and they're doing really well. And they're very humble with it as well. So you kind of learn all these things um, as you grow up. And and that has really helped me. And where do you see that taking you in the future? I mean, you're, you're, it's a, still a fledgling career in baking. I yeah. Know, there's a lot of stuff in social media there. And you've, 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 you've You've got a lot of partnerships. Yeah, um, you're you're working in. Uh, where do you think it'll lead eventually? Eventually, we talked about my dream of owning a restaurant. So eventually, the the plan is to have a a Selassie bakery. A Selassie bakery. A Selassie, a Selassie bakery. Here in Nottingham, perhaps. London first. Oh, London we'll first. We might expand. Yeah, yeah we might expand yeah. to Nottingham, <laughs> but London first. So um, for me, the dream, and I think from a childhood, kind of age um i was always oh i need to own a restaurant i want to own a restaurant because it was so nice and but now i know it's it's achievable right so when you're a kid you kind of say these things and you can call them affirmations and sometimes um you kind of forget about them because you think oh it's, it's not reachable but i think um it is possible and that is the dream to own a selassie bakery selassie bakery and what, yeah. you're gonna put a time scale on that oh so i've been in i've been in talks with a lot of um real estate agent so i'll say probably within the next 18 to 24 months right yeah right 18 to 24 months and 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 would, will that mean you're cutting your ties with with banking or will you will you maintain some kind of link there you think um i'll i'll i think i'll maintain a, a link with banking um just to just to begin with because uh, what i then need to do is find business partners um and that would want to understand sort of the goal of the business and how we want how I want it to be because I think what 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 I want out of this is you know I talked about longevity before so I want a business that will do well and in the start I'll probably cut ties with banking anyway um just to understand the business and be really ingrained in the bakery business to get it off the ground as much as I want it to be and then I'll let someone else run it and then we look at ex expansion and what do you what do you think will set you apart from from other bakeries? I would say our our service, because you know you know service in any industry or any business is very important, right? And that's what keeps um, customers coming back. So if you treat your customers well, they will always come back. You know, sometimes your products could be mediocre, but if a if a if a customer loves the way they are treated when they come into your shop, your organization they will always come back. So it comes back to the social skills and the, the charm and the, and, the, and the care that we that you talked about at the beginning of this interview. Yeah, and that's all it is. You know, um, you, you go to, I've, I've go to so many restaurants where, you know, the, you know, the waiters and waitresses are very helpful. They smile, they welcome you, they say thank you, you know, et cetera. And you kind of love that. And having gone on Bake Off and I've worked in sort of the culinary world, I kind of understand how, that industry works and the amount of work that goes into it for these chefs and the hard work that goes into it. Um, it's, it's, it's humbling to see it. And I think one thing I really dislike is how, you know, people would go into a restaurant and be really rude and disrespectful to, to these guys. And, you know, it, it doesn't cost you to be respectful to these guys at all. So sure. for me, service is very important and, you know, you treat people right. They'll always come back and, and it's, I guess it's a two-way street as well. Okay, I've got you. And finally, yeah. you graduated from Nottingham Business School in 2008. Uh -huh. It seemed like a long time ago now. Yeah. <laughs> so 
what what advice would you give to to students graduating in, in twenty twenty two? What do you what do you know now that you wish you'd known then? I would say, just make mistakes. Allow yourself to make mistakes because that's where the gifts are. That's where the opportunities come in. You know, you you learn so much from making mistakes um, in your in your early careers in your you know your early life. And I've I've. I've had instances where I've tried, I've tried and tried to be perfect or something and, you know, you kind of don't give yourself that opportunity to to understand something. So I guess in a way it's my, sometimes you, you're stubborn and that doesn't always help. So allow yourself to make mistakes, fail, um, but fail forward and and just learn from it and just learn from it. And that's what, that's what it is. Yeah. So allow yourself yeah. to make mistakes. Yeah, that sounds like that sounds yeah. like good. And and you know you fail once, um, it doesn't mean that you know you're not successful or you haven't succeeded. It just means you just need to try harder, look at something else. Um, not, I guess, a different industry or whatever, but just look at it at a different way. So if you, it's like a Rubik's cube, right? You know, you try so many times. How many times do you have to keep going to get the perfect, um, to get a result? And that's that's what it is. So just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. Yeah. Fantastic. Selassie Bormitar, thanks very, very much for joining us on this episode of the Business Leaders Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, then why not check out some of the others that are also available, including those with the MD of Rally, Lee Kidger, the Chief Executive of Nottingham Playhouse, Stephanie Sir, and Sports Marketing Guru, Charlotte Cox. The Nottingham Business School Business Leaders Podcast is produced for Nottingham Trent University by Celtic Tiger Productions. Your presenter was Mike Sassy and your producer was John Collins.